It's Cofield and Company. The show's always hobbled in some doing, way. Uh, Mentally with Ari around. I was doing some... Uh, Physically with Adam around. Sure. You're in a bubble. So get out of the bubble. Talk to real people. There's no less healthy show in the country. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company here on a Tuesday afternoon. Adam Candy and Adam Hill, man, the mic. Steve Cofield will join us shortly. He is en route to Texas with the UNLV men's basketball team. Uh, Plenty to get to today in the college football world, as well as with the Raiders. Uh, Obviously, the coaching carousel is spinning very fast with Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Uh, Plenty more to discuss when it comes to the NFL. But uh, we got to start today inside the family and talk about uh, some sad news from around the Lotus world. Uh, Our old friend, Ballpark Frank, uh, Frank Harnish, uh, passed away after a long battle with illness. Uh, 27 years, Frank was a member of the Lotus family. Uh, Adam, there's not really anything intelligent uh, f- for any of us to say to make it better for anyone who was a longtime listener and and knows Frank, who obviously, uh, you know, going back to the C. Williams days or the uh, VGK pre and post game shows more recently. But uh, I figure I'll turn the floor over to you for a second for anything you want to say. Yeah, it sucks. And I know, you know, just kind of real quickly talking to Ari about it uh, coming in here, just, you know, I, I know people knew Frank from the air and, you know, loved him over the years and all the roles that he had uh, here at Lotus. But, you know, it was it was here in the building where I think the, you know, the presence of, of Frank kind of loomed um, largest because he he's just one of those people that is in. I was looking for words earlier on Twitter and, you know, I, I did. I put this out, but. Like, I was just looking for words to say and trying to figure out how to express, you know, the feelings that, you know, he's gone and, and how much it sucks. And it's sometimes it's just simple. And, and I saw that, you know, Ed Graney, my colleague from the paper and from here at Lotus, uh, just called him, you know, one of the most genuine people he's ever met. And, like, that that's just true. Like, he was just – he was what he was, um, but he was so helpful and so friendly and so so giving with his time and, and um, his efforts. So it just it, – it sucks – um, like you said, like there's nothing you can say. Nothing's gonna make it better. Um, the thing I'll say about him, and I, I, I was trying to figure out how to phrase this, and I there's really I, I don't I don't know, and I I hope that it comes across the right way. Um, more so than anybody I've ever met in this business. And by the way, Frank was one of the first people who put me on the air uh, when I was in college. Um, you know, allowed me to come on. Thought I had some talent and some ability, and, and brought me on and. Um, I'm, I'm obviously forever grateful for that, but um, he he's one of those people that showed you that hard work matters, like more so than talent. Um, like Frank was obviously he was on for a long time and, and he was he was good at what he did, but I think there's some people that are just like naturally talented at doing this or, or naturally talented at being on the air on a microphone, um, and others have to work at it and others have to work in the business and do everything that they can behind the scenes and are willing to do all the work uh, because you love this so much and you, you dream about this so much. And like Frank was not a person that was born to be on air. Like it wasn't, that wasn't like a natural gift. Um, It was something he just had to work at and he had to work 
to get the opportunity. Like, he, you know, he wasn't going to be given every opportunity just because of what he did on the air. He was going to have to grind it out and be good to people and, and, you know, show them that he cared and was passionate, was willing to work overnights or work all day on the weekends or whatever it had to do, you know, to be a part of this business. And, and I thought that was something that was so admirable about him and something like I, I hope even a little bit that I've kind of taken um, from him. But that was always something that was so remarkable. And I, I'm not... I don't want to diminish like the talent and ability that he had, but I, I just thought that was the essence of what he was, of just somebody that was, you know, I just love this. I want to do this and whatever it takes to do it, I'm going to do it. And that includes just being really genuine to everybody I meet. And that was something that was very cool. No, I think that's well said, Adam. And to sort of back your point up, um, this is going to sound like it's meant to be about me. It's not at all meant to be about me. I'm going to just say one quick thing about myself and then pivot away from it. Um, I'm fortunate that whenever I talk to someone about Cofield and Company or the press box or even you know some other radio stuff that I do, uh, some people will say to me, um, "Oh, well, you have a good voice for radio," and, and I never really know how to answer that because you know I didn't do anything. Like it's, you know, I, I you know I showed up, um, but it was something that kind of gave me a natural entry point into doing this stuff. And if you're someone who, you know, has to grind it the way that Frank always did, I, I think it almost means more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it means more when you accomplish it the way um, that Frank did. And I go back to my days growing up as a high school kid in town. And, you know, it was one of the first voices I ever heard on sports radio in Las Vegas. And kind of one of those, um, you know, that when I started working in the same building was like, huh, well, this is pretty cool. Um, and I know a lot of people have a lot closer ties uh, and a lot of greater memories of Frank. Uh, Steve Cofield, we know, is one of those guys. Steve's going to join us uh, later on in the show, and we'll get some of Steve's thoughts and Steve's memories as well. If you're thinking about uh, Frank, and maybe you don't know him as well, maybe you didn't listen to him as much over the years. We know Vegas is a town that people kind of come and go and haven't been here as long as Adam and I have. Uh, I would also suggest uh, Alan Snell over at LVSportsBiz.com did a nice feature on Frank about a year ago and uh, talked to him a little bit about his long career in, in broadcasting in Las Vegas. And so we just want to make sure that we honor him properly here on Cofield and Company today and spend a few minutes talking about, uh, you know, about Frank and, and the role that he played for the station for the stations, I should say, for a very long time. More to come uh, with Steve in a little bit. Uh, we always spend plenty of time talking about um, the comings and goings in, in football this time of year. They feel a little less, I don't know, a little less weighty on a day like this. It's a lot harder for us to to get uh, to get fired up and, and yell about college coaches or this or that. But something you said, Adam, really jumps out at me about a genuine human being and a genuine person uh, that, that, that Frank certainly was to, to a lot of people. And, and of course, the big story in college football today is about Brian Kelly making the move from Notre Dame to LSU. And it's amazing how when we get into these moments, Adam, with these sorts of stories come out. Um, I don't know if you saw this earlier today on Twitter, but uh, Robert Salah and Matt LaFleur are talking about uh, their times as players uh, with, uh, with Brian Kelly back to the Central Michigan days and back uh, to the time when he was a coach and invited them to a party at the holiday and they thought hey pretty cool getting to go to a party uh at the coach's house and robert salah was talking about this today and saying uh when they showed up 
Uh, turns out they weren't invited to the party. Uh, turns out they were invited there to park cars and shovel snow. <laughs> and then after the party was over, they had to go get everybody's cars again. And they said they went back home to their tiny little apartment that had a dining room table and no chairs uh, and kind of said to each other, you know what? If we're ever in a position to treat people better than that, we're going to. And it was a goal of theirs. And I just found it amazing that a guy who just got paid $95 million over 10 years to be the savior, air quotes, of LSU uh, is being kind of called out on social media today <laughs> as such a genuinely poor human being. I mean, I think it's it's uh, you're making the transition a much more eloquent way there than to just say, so from our very, very genuine friend, Ballpark Frank's passing to the most disingenuous, you know, uh, I was going to say in college football, <laughs> there's still Tom Herman. So I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like Brian Kelly isn't quite there, but man, he is getting roasted and rightfully so. Like, what was that statement last night? And then today we get news that he's like, all right, I'm going to come meet with my team. I, you know, I want you guys to hear from me. And then it's two minutes, turn your back, walk out, don't take questions. And I have to be honest, when I heard that it was basically, what, 11 or 12 minutes, I thought to myself, that's about right. Like, he probably talked for five minutes and then um, asked if there were any questions. There were probably one or two guys who basically said, yeah, dude, what the F? <laughs> um, and then it was like, okay, cool. All right, glad we talked. Um, yeah, we'll see you. See you later. Anybody wants to transfer to LSU, uh, I'll be in the parking lot uh, hanging out for a few what, minutes. Do you, think it, do you think it was like a Jerry Maguire? Like, who's coming with me? <laughs> do you think Brian Kelly had a fish? That he put in a bag yeah. and just uh, took, grabbed and took with him. Well, I was, um, I was, was thinking a, it was either that or he just dropped a uh, line from my favorite movie of all time. He just goes, "Yeah, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Like he just <laughs> walked out. <laughs> like there's just nothing oh there. Oh, my God. I, I, there's another story out there today, by the way, quickly, uh, that we will tell before we get to a little NFL talk with Miles Simmons here in a couple of minutes. But J.J. Uh, Watt told a story about his recruitment. Um, that he was being recruited by Brian Kelly and got super excited. Brian Kelly was in his house talking to J.J. Watt, saying, come to Central Michigan. You are going to be a big part of what we're building. We're going to build Boise State. We're going to build the mid-major power. And J.J. Watt was stoked. J.J. Watt said yes. And you know what he did? He committed. He committed to Brian Kelly. He, he committed believed to him. Central Michigan. Yeah, he, he believed, believed him. him. And Brian Kelly walked out the door. And within 24 hours, guess what he had done? He had taken the coaching job at Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, yeah, Brian, Brian Kelly, not quite the human being that our old friend uh, Frank Harnish certainly proved to be over many, many years. Uh, Raiders are fighting for their playoff lives, folks. They are fighting hard right now. They get uh, they get a maybe unexpected. I don't know. We'll find out just how unexpected that victory was in Dallas and what to expect coming next for the Darren Waller-less Raiders with our old friend Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk here on Cofield Company. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. This is the end of something yeah. here. I mean, they're going to have to rebuild it. Obviously, every 
everything is very much broken, and then the story of the offseason is going to be the quarterback. Are they going to bring him back? If they trade him, then what do they go with at quarterback? They're going to have to consider all options because this is the first time under Pete Carroll since he drafted Russell Wilson that the program just looks completely broken there. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. ESPN's Dan Graziano talking about the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and the mess that we saw at FedEx Field last night from Seattle losing to the Washington football team in a game that certainly attempted to prove that ugly can be beautiful, or at least ugly can be fun, because um, it wasn't good, but it was fun. Uh, Cofield and company, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Steve Cofield joins us for the four o'clock hour live from Dallas. He's there with the UNLV men's basketball team. They are on the front end of a two-game road trip as they look to get back on track but as we continue to talking about the Seattle Seahawks and all things NFL we welcome in our old friend Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk you can find him on Peacock of course at profootballtalk.com Miles welcome uh happy post Thanksgiving and um I guess I'll just start right from the top with the Russell Wilson situation, what you saw out of the Seahawks last night and who you think survives. Will it be Russell Wilson? Will it be Pete Carroll? Or will it be nobody and they blow the whole thing up? Gosh, you know, it's so weird to watch the Seahawks and then think that they just stink, right? Like, I mean, I feel like there were years when we had Mike Holmgren there, you know, the Matt Hasselbeck years after Sean Alexander had been going off for all those touchdowns and it was like, all right, well, they're not as good as they used to be. But like right now you watch them and it's just, they stink. And I don't know if there are any of those teams, you know, that Russell Wilson had on the like four teams list that his agent released of, you know, Russell hasn't requested a trade, but if he did, he would rather go to the bears, the Raiders, the saints or the Cowboys. Like if you're maybe anybody, all three, four of those teams would have been like at least paused to think about it. Even the Cowboys with Dak since he was coming off the ankle last year, right? But now you look at it and only the Saints would say, oh, yeah, I guess we would probably take Russell Wilson over the guy that we have now because he just stinks right now. His third down completion percentage is something like 35, 36%. It's awful. It's terrible. And I don't understand how it's this bad, even considering the fact that Russell is coming back from that finger injury. So when we're talking about, you know, what happens with Russell Wilson, what happens with the Seahawks in the offseason, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Question. (laughs) No, it's fine. But I'm saying if he he clearly wants to go somewhere else, like the team needs to move on from either Carroll or Wilson or both. Like what is going to happen in Seattle? What's what is going to go down? I don't know, man. And that's the weird thing. It You know, Pete Carroll's 70 years old, so it's (laughs) not like. He's some young spring chicken, whatever, and, you know, like a a Mike Tomlin almost, you know, in in Pittsburgh where it's like, okay, when you move on from Ben Roethlisberger, what are you going to do for your next act in Pittsburgh? I I don't know exactly what is going to happen there, but if Russell Wilson really wants to leave, then there's no better time to get rid of him than now, right? He's only going to lose value. Um, I can see Pete Carroll staying there and trying to revitalize that football program with a different QB, but I, I do think that Russell Wilson's going to be elsewhere next year. 
it's just kind of shocking to think about uh, how quickly it's all come apart. And totally. if he, yeah, <laughs> and if he is elsewhere, you just laid it out and said of all the teams that he could go to. I mean, New Orleans obviously makes all the sense in the world, but I don't know. I mean, we're going to be talking probably about Aaron Rodgers, right? We could be talking about Sean Watson. Like, this could be a pretty wild winter when it comes to quarterbacks. Right, and it's weird because the the if you're talking about those guys who have, you know, performed so well and been pro bowlers and all that, right? I, I think that notwithstanding Deshaun Watson's legal situation, which I don't want to uh, be glib about, right? That's very, very serious. Um, but in terms of the order that you might stack those guys, it would maybe be Aaron. You, it, Depending on who you are, you would want Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson number one, right? I mean, I personally would say Aaron Rodgers just because if you're going after a QB like that, it probably means the rest of your roster is ready to compete for a championship. So that would be 1A, right? And then B would probably be Deshaun Watson. And C, if not D to E at this point, is Russell Wilson just based on the way he's playing this year, which like I said, he just, he was fine before the finger injury. It wasn't like he was putting up those, you know, first half Russell Wilson uh, Memorial MVP award winner type numbers, right? That he usually puts up. And then as the season continues on, he starts to fade a little bit. And then it's always, well, why doesn't Russell Wilson have an MVP vote ever? And it's like, well, that's because he doesn't always play that great down the stretch. Um, but now when you look at what he's doing and he says he's healthy, I don't think that we can assume that he's completely recovered from that finger injury. Um, it just does not look good. I mean, the offense, you watch it, it looks like it's they're scheming to get people open. But why is it that, you know, you, you don't have a target for DK Metcalf until partway through the third quarter and then you start forcing it to him, which I, I understand. And I tweeted it last night during the game. It's like, that's a guy you can force the ball to. But like, even when he's doing it, it's just so inaccurate. It just doesn't look good. So, oh man, I was going to throw in more rankings here since we're ranking available okay. quarterbacks. Uh, so let's take Rodgers and, and Watson out of it. You put them at the top. You've got Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and yeah. could, I mean, he they picked up his fifth-year option, but could Baker Mayfield be on the market if he's healthy? Where does he go? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, these are that's one of these interesting things, right? It's, it's an entire quarterback carousel. And I, I almost think it's more does – if the wheels continue to fall off, all right, so obviously there was a reprieve with that with the Raiders last week as they go, they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. That was a great win. But if things continue as they seem to, as they look like they were going to go um, in a few weeks before that, and, you know, this is a losing season, the Raiders clean house, they have an entirely new regime. It's almost like the situation with Matthew Stafford last year with the Detroit Lions. Like how many times are we going to keep doing this before like we decide like we're just, it, it's enough, we need a divorce, right? Like, and I don't know if that's gonna be something that the organization feels or Derek Carr feels or both. It, it could be any one of those different types of things. Um, so that could be something, but the way Baker Mayfield's been playing, man, it just, like he's not, it's not just him, right? It's the entire offensive scheme right now. And Kevin Stefanski was coach of the year last year. I thought he earned it, but this year that offense has left a lot to be desired. And, you know, when you have somebody take away the run, 
as Baltimore was going to do, and you know that Baltimore is going to do that based on the way that they've been playing for over a decade under Harbaugh. Like, and really, you can go back even further in that franchise's history. Like, you have to be able to adjust, and the Browns just could not adjust. They could not throw themselves out of it. So, you know, Baker Mayfield's not completely healthy. He hasn't been basically all year. But, yeah, I think that there could be a point in time after this season where the Browns kind of look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, I don't know if we really want to go with Baker Mayfield for the rest of time and commit to him that long-term contract because we don't necessarily believe that he should have it like a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff, right? I think that we could say that the Rams and the Eagles probably regret the deals that they did with those two QBs. I don't think we were going to see something like that with the Browns. Miles Simmons joining us from Pro Football Talk. He is a busy man, so we're going to give him just one more question before he heads out. You mentioned the Raiders. You mentioned Derek Carr. They, of course, uh, in a game a lot of people thought they might win against Cincinnati. They lose. They go down to Dallas. They're more than a touchdown dog. They win. They're coming home to face the WFT. Is this team going to the playoffs this year? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't think so. But I... I don't know. You know, I, I picked them to go to the playoffs before the season. There are some things that still make me think, yeah, they can go to the playoffs, especially when you go down to Dallas and beat them on Thanksgiving. I know that Dallas is missing a lot of offensive weapons, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, what have you, but you, you still have to go and you still have to win that game. I just, I feel like with all of the turmoil that's gone on with the Raiders between John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, we all know it. Um, that's a lot for any team to overcome. And it seemed like it had gotten to be too much for the team to overcome at certain points. We'll see what they do against Washington. Frankly, I don't believe in Washington either, but they keep doing stuff and they're in right now in the seventh seed and the NFC, which to me makes us an entirely different discussion of why are there seven seeds in the playoff teams? Like I know it's for money, but good Lord, we don't need seven teams in the playoff because like there just aren't enough good teams for that. And some years there might be but most years there won't be so i don't know i i think that the raiders can make the playoffs but i don't really think that they're going to how dare you sir we got to watch that chicago bears team last year uh, and it was an absolute joy in the number seven seed and it's going to be something equally horrible uh this year <laughs> miles simmons from pro football talk we know you got places to be so we'll let you head on out catch miles work on peacock and of course at profootballtalk.com we'll talk to you next week man appreciate it guys thanks man all right, on the other side, Tiger Woods nearly lost his leg, and he's going to lose his career, too? We'll find out. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Steve Cofield here with some questions for you. You've been in your house for at least two years. You're still paying the original monthly payment and you still have that sky high interest rate. Come on, it's time to make a move. Call my guys at Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. That's 877-700-NOVA, Nova Home Loans. In 2020, I sat down with Nova Home Loans. My interest rate was way too high and I was still paying mortgage insurance. Nova Home Loans took 20 minutes to assess my situation. It's called the Nova Home Loans Mortgage Tune-Up. Nova Home Loans gave me three different refinance options. I made my choice, dropped my rate by over two points, and the mortgage insurance went bye-bye. And because of the massive appreciation of home values around Las Vegas, I was able to take some money out of the house and get working on those home improvement projects. The first was the backyard, and now I've got the home oasis I always wanted. 
You can do the same, but you have to call Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. It's Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. NMLS 25011, branch NMLS 777-362. Hear that sound? After you've been hurt in a wreck, that's the sound of the value of your case going down. Every second you wait to get medical treatment and to get a lawyer can greatly affect the value of your case. After you've been hurt in a wreck, stop the clock by calling Lerner and Rowe. We'll immediately get working on your case, getting you the medical treatment you need, and in most cases, with no out-of-pocket expenses, even if you don't have health insurance. Lerner and Rowe is the way to go. Call 877-1500. Randy Westbrook, Managing Attorney. Hey, it's Cofield from Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas. With the holidays here, we want to spread some holiday cheer by giving away $50 Amazon gift cards all week long. If you're a winner, you'll be in to win the grand prize of two tickets to the final home game of the season against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. On top of that, we're going to throw in a $200 gift card to put some extra dollars in your wallet. You buy whatever you want. Grand prize drawing will happen at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino on Thursday, December 2nd during halftime of the Cowboys and Saints game. So make sure to listen round the clock for your chance to win on ESPN Las Vegas right here on the Las Vegas Sports Network. You know, you do think to yourself, during Tiger Apex, he was the best player that ever lived. It's not even particularly close. Like the fact that he came back and he gave us that glimpse by winning the Masters two years ago, which remains one of the most astonishing sporting events I've ever witnessed, sort of got you to thinking maybe he will fulfill his destiny. And now this happens and he clearly will not. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Greeny, talking Tiger, because Tiger was talking Tiger. We're going to talk a little Tiger, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Cofield coming up in a half hour. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned as well. We'll have Ryan Harris from Denver joining us a little later on to talk about Notre Dame, where he is an alum, and Brian Kelly, where he is also now an alum. Uh, And we'll have a little uh, Sammy P gambling talk as well as we keep it going on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Adam, I know that golf is not the the uh, the stock and trade of Cofield and Company, but <laughs> Tiger Woods certainly is. And talking at his own tournament today, uh, he gave an interview yesterday and kind of followed up a bit today. And I'll just read you a couple of quotes so we understand what we're dealing with here with Tiger, who, of course, was in that horrendous car accident last year, going too fast in Southern California and... Uh, Nearly lost a leg, apparently, and said that, you know, as far as playing at the tour level, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, I'll play around here or there, a little hit and giggle. And this is my addition. <laughs> I think pretty much any time I play golf, it's a little hit and giggle. Uh, I could do something like that. The USGA suggested play it forward. I really like that idea now. I don't like the tees on the back. Ha! I like play it forward. Come on, let's move it up. Let's move it up. To see some of my shots fall out of the sky a lot shorter than they used to is a little eye-opening, but at least I'm able to do it again. That's something that for a while it didn't look like I was going to do. So Tiger joking about moving the tees up because his distance isn't quite what it used to be. But Adam, it's it's obviously it's a bigger story than golf. It's a cultural story when we talk about Tiger Woods in his mid-40s essentially admitting my time as the most dominant player in the world is over. Um, my time as the dominant sports personality in advertising beyond Jordan for a while is over. Uh, he's just Tiger Woods brand and family man a bit at, at this point. And to hear him, maybe the most confident athlete we ever saw 
humbled in this way, it to me was just stunning. Yeah, it is. And I, I'm trying to take everything that he says, especially at this tournament, with a little bit of a grain of salt, just because he's obviously promoting his tournament. Um, he wants some, some attention on it. But I think if he wanted that, he would probably say something like, I'm going to win the Masters next year or something, you know, something like that. Like, this seems like he's just kind of being accepting, um, just kind of coming to grips with the reality of the situation of, hey, he's you know, literally fortunate to be alive at this point. Um, very, very, you know, easily or maybe should have, uh, according to medical people died in that, in that accident. And, you know, the, the, the comeback has started. He's hitting balls, but he just doesn't feel the same. And he doesn't feel like he's ever going to feel the same. And this is a guy that's been through a lot. Like he understands what it's like to rehab and to come back from massive injuries and, you know, come back when people say, uh, they're not going to, you know, he's never going to be able to play at a high level again and come back and still win the Masters. Like, he's done those things. This time just feels different to him. So um, it, it's it's kind of jarring. Like, there is kind of a, a part, like, I've talked about it here on the show. Like, I don't watch golf. I watch Tiger. Like, I've always kind of been that way. And, you know, if he's done at the highest level, I, I, I don't know how much my golf viewing is going to continue. He continued and said... I got that last major, talking about what you did with the 2019 Masters, and I ticked off two more events along the way. I don't foresee this leg ever being what it used to be. Hmm. Hence, I'll never have the back what it used to be. And clock's ticking. I'm getting older. I'm not getting any younger. All that combined means a full schedule, full practice schedule, and the recovery that that would take to do. No, I don't have any desire to do that. And, um, and hearing him talk with that level, again, of humility... You know, Adam, you talk about how you watch Tiger, and when I was a golf reporter, when when that was actually my beat 15 years ago, um, you weren't so much a golf reporter as you were a Tiger reporter, and, and there were only so many of those who were doing it at the highest level, Scott Van Pelt, and Bob Herrick, and um, you know, Shipnuck, and the guys who were really close, but I can remember being at the Masters in 2005, and I was standing by the 16th green when he hit the chip, the one where the Nike logo showed up on the ball that stopped on the lip when it looked <laughs> like it was going the wrong direction, and it went in, and I've never experienced anything quite like that in sports. The roar of the crowd, it went through your chest like a wave, and, and you realized you were part of something that very few people would ever get to say they were a part of, and that's the Tiger aura, right? That's the Tiger aura that if you ever got a little piece, it's like the Beatles, it's like Jordan, if you ever got just a little piece, you felt like it was special. And honestly, even to me who didn't really enjoy the hyper-focused, hyper-competitive Stevie Williams throwing cameras into the lake Tiger Woods, you had to appreciate it. You had to appreciate what you were a part of and to accept that that's over. It's hard enough for us to accept that it's over, but for Tiger to accept that it's over and to do it in such a way where he actually sounds fairly comfortable with it, I, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to wrap my head around that. Yeah, it's tough, and I, like, I don't know if we will. Like, I'm sure you're kind of the same way of like, even hearing all this and, and, and understanding what he's saying and, and kind of you know accepting it, you have that thought in your mind of, this dude plays one good round and he's back on the tour full time. You just feel that, even though it's it's not true, and like you have to concede that it's not. Like you just don't you don't you kind of not want to? Like I, I, that's where I'm feeling on this. I agree. 
I agree. And he talked about it and said he wants to play a schedule like Ben Hogan did way, way long ago, where essentially maybe he tries to recapture the magic for five or six events a year, right? Maybe he shows up when he feels like he can really get himself in the shape he wants to get himself and puts himself out there at Pebble, puts himself out there at Augusta and says, I'm going to give it one shot. But I don't know that Tiger Woods is ever going to be okay being Jordan with the Wizards. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, Jordan with the Wizards was hard to watch. And even when he kind of recaptured it for a night, it was still jumpers and layups and not <laughs> Jordan soaring through the air. And I don't think Tiger Woods is ever going to be okay hitting it 275 yards and hoping to hit a bunch of irons into the green. Like, that's never been Tiger. And And to your point about what it means for golf, Look, man, Bryson DeChambeau versus Brooks Kepka is fun if you're a golf fan because, really, Bryson's the ultimate villain and he makes Brooks, who was kind of the villain before him, look that much nicer. But is that capturing no. you, the casual? No, of course it's not. The match just happened. A 12-hole match between Bryson and and uh, Brooks here in Vegas and how many people actually cared about that and that's what we've got as golf fans to hang our hats on right now do you want I mean do you want to examine it closely and, and I'll say this like I live my life on Twitter and sports Twitter for the most part who won <laughs> Brooks won okay Brooks won four and three four and three I legitimately had no clue yeah well it was Friday right it was. They played it on Black Friday. So we actually and had they play, like they played it here. I flew up to the Barry after after Dallas, and we had actually had our like family Thanksgiving on Friday. Um, so I guess I was kind of out of the loop a little bit, but I legitimately did not know who won. And and that's that's the level that we're at for sure. It's it's crazy. Like I enjoy, and I'll always kind of throw those stories onto the show when it's like the the rivalry heats up with some nonsense between them. But them actually playing could not care less. Just couldn't, and that's made, that's the reality of it. Like I, I enjoy the the social media banter between them, but I don't really care about them playing golf against each other, and I don't care if they're competing in a golf tournament. It's all about Tiger. Uh, I I was I do want to go back to your, uh, you know, the famous shot that you were referring to. Like, if it doesn't freeze frame on the swoosh, is it that memorable? It added a lot to it for those watching on TV, but I'll tell you. Uh, let me tell you my story of it, and then. Maybe that'll explain kind of my view because I'm standing, I don't know, I'm standing not all the way back toward the tee, but probably halfway between the tee and the green. And we're watching everybody, uh, you know, get excited about this chip. And he hits it, of course, to the wrong side of the green <laughs> to all of us. And we all kind of groaned for a second. And there was a guy standing right in front of me who just went, Shh, no, he meant to do that. And we're like, <laughs> what? What do you mean he meant to do that? And I didn't know that years earlier, Davis Love had done almost exactly the same thing at the 16th. He had hit it up on that part of the green, let it funnel back down. And the the buildup that you felt from everybody in the crowd as this thing came toward the hole was it was like it was like Paul McCartney coming out on stage. Like they turn the lights down and he's about to walk out and, you know, whether it's Paul McCartney, Beyonce, pick your 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 super duper star. And that's what it felt like with that ball going toward the hole. So for me, for me being in that moment, I think it still would have had it. But for everybody watching on TV, my God, 
corporate America and sports America coming together in one beautiful piece of synergy was just amazing. It's the greatest marketing moment in sports history, I think. Can't argue. Can't it, argue. Just it's crazy how the how Nike that, oh, logo okay. getting the most play it has ever gotten or probably ever will get. Um, it, it's pretty remarkable. And you know, and by the way, what what nobody kept, uh, what nobody kept really thinking about after that. Chris DeMarco ended up coming back to tie that thing, and they <laughs> ended up going into a playoff. Like, that was one of the most unbelievable comebacks you'll ever see by Chris DeMarco. And nobody, if you asked 100 people on the street, would have any idea who the hell Chris DeMarco is because all they're going to remember from that tournament is Tiger. And that's what we're talking about here with Tiger essentially saying, I'm never going to be that guy again, is there are a, a group of sports fans who will never turn on a golf tournament outside the Masters ever again yeah I, I it's it's amazing um that it's the the end of an era in that way um again it's it's tough to even put it like to really talk about it as a real thing because i i don't like i just i don't process that it's real like he's he's teasing okay maybe five or six and we'll still get to to see that to watch those and to be excited about those uh so i'm 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 holding out hope i guess that we don't have to accept this and and admit it uh, to be the truth, um, but Adam, there was that is that was a massive moment for Nike when that happened. But one of Nike's biggest stars now might not be playing for a while. Do tell. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to let Ari go to break. <laughs> oh no, Ari wasn't ready for you. No, it's my fault. You I didn't know give Ari was ready. I didn't give him a signal. And even if he's standing next to you, you know he's not ready for that. Say that again, Adam. Oh, one of Nike's biggest stars may not be playing for a while. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I like the fact that a club that has payroll flexibility is not overthinking it and actually being very aggressive. But the age regression models in our in our game that have been so prevalent, mm. where did they go? Yeah, they're gone, and that's good because there is value in older players. Now back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. You know what I'm what you want? What you want? What you want? I want a puppy for Hanukkah. And I'ma get just what I wanted, yep. I'ma get a puppy for Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh. It's a Hanukkah banger from Ari. You heard the voice there of John Hart, former Rangers and Indians GM. Notably former Rangers GM, Adam, talking about the value in older players and play, payroll flexibility. Remind me who signed A-Rod to that insane contract? Uh, the Rangers? And John Hart. Yeah. He was the one yeah. who actually gave that contract out. Sure. Uh, Steve Cofield joins us in about 10 minutes uh, here on, you know, Cofield and Company. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari. It's an Adam's Family edition, at least for now. Uh, we're going to get to a little more baseball in just a minute as the Rangers have gone on a drunken spending spree <laughs> uh, to try to shore up the worst roster in the NL West, or AL West. But um, Adam, man, he talked about his radio training back to sure. his days in college. This was what they call a tease, kids. Uh, you must be talking when you said that Nike's biggest star is going to be out for a while. I assume you're referring to Daniel Jones having a strained neck and not being able to go this week uh, against the Dolphins, right? So my Google search term right now on my computer is, is Daniel Jones a Nike athlete? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, we're getting we've done this too much. <laughs> so you're we've your, done this your far joke, too much. Your joke was was uh, hitting a little too close to home. Um, yeah. So as as I so what happened was as we were we were finishing up the last conversation about Tiger Woods, I saw a tweet about the Nike's biggest star, uh, and I was like, oh okay, let me throw a break with this. And right away, as I did that. The Daniel Jones news comes across. The Giants sign Jake Fromm off the Bills practice squad. Uh, they will start Mike Glennon on Sunday. Daniel Jones got injured, uh, considered week to week with a neck strain. So Mike Glennon takes over as quarterback for everyone's favorite New York Giants. But that was not the news I was referring to. That is big news, though, in the NFL. Oh, it is. And before you get to that big news, let me just say, if you have a neck strain, the perfect quarterback to replace you is Mike Lennon. <laughs> the long because neck. he's got all the neck you need <laughs> sure. for two quarterbacks. Sure. He could he they could probably give like a transplant of half of his neck. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that would work. Um <laughs> I'm, I, there's signings coming across like every single second, which is crazy. Um Odor to the Orioles? That's interesting. Um, oh yeah, that 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 trumps what you were about to talk about. It does. LeBron James, Adam. In health and safety protocols. He is out. As if things hadn't gotten bad enough for the Lakers quite yet. Um, yeah, well, the, so LeBron. The good yeah, news LeBron is they're playing the Kings the tonight. They probably should be okay. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You've watched enough of the Lakers this year to know the worse the opponent, the worse it'll get. I'm sure you saw at least a piece of that double overtime game that they played against the Kings last week. By the time they got done with that game, I'm watching the post game show. And they throw it to James Worthy. And big game James is standing there on the desk, like half doubled over, and just saying, man, I can't even talk about this. I just want to go home. Like, that's how hard it's been for James Worthy, Laker for life, to watch this Lakers team uh, struggle through the early part of the season. Now they're without LeBron for some indeterminate period of time. Uh, back to the AD and Westbrook show, which has been just a joy uh, to take in thus far. Adam, I mean, nobody wants to get COVID or be exposed uh, to be a close contact. Duh. Uh, but here we are again with this Lakers team in a situation where because of this, the continuity that they seek is even farther away. Yeah, it's not been pretty uh, for sure. Um, and it's it's one of those things, like I just said, I wasn't really accepting um, of you know the the Tiger Woods stuff, I'm not really accepting of the Lakers being bad. Like I still feel like they're going to be good at the end of the year. Maybe at the end of the year, um, I guess the question is going to be: is how relevant will it be in the West if they do turn it around at some point? Because they've lost twice to the Thunder. We saw the loss to the Kings uh, just last week. Uh, it's it's not been pretty and. You know, the whole idea that we saw behind this Lakers team coming into this season was let's not end up where we were last year, having to sweat our way in, having to deal with the play-in round. And, and frankly, Adam, I, I don't know how they avoid it at this point with the way the season's gone thus far. Yeah, I mean, it's heading in that direction for sure. But, I mean, listen, everybody's playing for second place anyway. It's You know, my dubs are winning the title. We know that. Um, mm. But it is, you mm -hmm. know, there is a race for second. Mm -hmm. You know, the Suns are going to be involved. I'm sure the Lakers will be fighting it out at the end of the year to try to get there. Um, there'll be a couple teams in the mix. But listen, I don't know if you saw Clay Thompson is raining threes and game winners for scrimmages, but 
it's over for the rest of the West. Yeah, that's what I heard about the uh, the Rams defense when Von Miller got there too. Uh, you know, they, all, all about these super teams adding players and what it'll mean. But hey, we're gonna get a good test of it tonight, right? And we're gonna talk about this a, a little later. But Suns Warriors uh, tonight should be an absolute <laughs> slugfest. The Suns have won sixteen in a row. Warriors have won seven in a row. And as you mentioned, no Clay Thompson for the most part. No James Wiseman uh, as part of that equation as well uh the lakers right now sitting in the seven seed 11 and 11 um giving up 114 points per game adams is that good no no, no it's not uh, it's not great not good uh, not, not not great bob uh but yeah uh, 111 points per game for the lakers 114 against LeBron, if you missed us a second ago, is now in the health and safety protocol. Uh, we know that LeBron is vaccinated, so that his return uh, will be a little closer, if we're talking COVID news, than, uh, than Steve Alford up in Reno. Uh, we'll fit this one in since we're talking COVID news for a second. Uh, the, the Wolfpack head coach is going to miss the next three games and be out a minimum of 10 days after testing positive for COVID and Adam, it's not like it's been a great season thus far for the Wolfpack. No, no. it can't. I mean, this this might be the best thing that's happened to them so far. <laughs> I joked earlier with some friends that uh, COVID was very disappointed to have to spend the next ten days with Steve Alford. <laughs> of course, Co- COVID's uh, going to cut the net out and hanging hanging around his his neck. <laughs> COVID is kind of kind of like, hey, listen. I've already had to do this hundreds of millions of times and, you know, go infect a body. And now you want me to be with this miserable guy. What if, know, what, right. what if this is what stops COVID? COVID is like, you know what? It's not worth it. We don't need to hang out with these people anymore. No, I mean, COVID's like, you know what? Uh, I keep looking for hospitable hosts and this is not at all what I had in mind, sir. Uh, but it has been a rough season thus far for the uh, for the Nevada Wolfpack uh, losses to USF, among others. And. Yeah, uh, we'll talk a little more Mountain West basketball with uh, with our buddy Steve Cofield here in just a moment here on Cofield and Company. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. 